This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. A very good afternoon and welcome to Lung Talk from Esmeraltago. And a very good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Russell. Um, thank you for having us. I'm usually the person on the other side of the mic. Um, answering questions, but today I've been promoted or demoted, one or the <laughs> other, uh, to be the person um, talking to someone. So today I've got Megan Galloway. Megan's coming from the Health and Disability Advocacy Service. So welcome, Megan. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, the reason that we thought we would have this talk today was um, Megan's colleague, Gillian, was in my office the other day, and it was really a great time to update uh, us with um, the advocacy service, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought, hey, if we since we have this opportunity today, I will get you in, Megan, and, and have a wee talk. Great. So I think we'll start at the beginning. For a lot of people, um, health and disability advocacy service is a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> even for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but let's just um, start at the beginning. Um, how did it all start and, and what is your sort of role? Yeah. yeah, well, thanks, Joe. I guess the history of kind of how the advocacy service came into being goes kind of all the way back to maybe the mid-1950s when um, some of our listeners will remember a... Um, incident that happened at National Women's Hospital Um, so it was called the unfortunate experiment that's how it kind of got labeled but um, it was all around during from the kind of mid 50s until the mid 80s there was a doctor there who was um, doing research on people without their knowledge and taking tests on people without their knowledge um, at the women's hospital so um, during kind of the late 80s two women journalists, Philida Bunkle and um, Sandra Coney, published a story in the Metro kind of exposing that this had happened, um, which led to us having an inquiry, like the government set up an inquiry, a little bit like, I guess, the inquiry into state care at the moment. So there was a a full inquiry set up that was run by um, Sylvia Cartwright, who's now Dame Sylvia Cartwright, but was a High Court judge at that time. Um, so out of that inquiry, it really did shake up kind of the medical um, hierarchy, I guess, and not just in New Zealand, but around the world, kind of what we can expect from patient rights, like what what's okay, what's not. Um, and so she had three recommendations out of her inquiry. So one was that we get a health and disability commissioner to kind of oversee like what's happening in the health and disability sector. Um, that we have a clear code of rights, which we now have. We have 10 rights. And we get a consumer advocacy service. So that's where my job comes in. Um, so it was important that this service was independent. So we're completely independent. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how we came into being, I guess. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So from, so from, sounds to me like from a service that was non-existent to mm. what we have now. That's a huge leap. Mm, mm. Yeah. So prior to that, people obviously didn't have, yeah, or didn't know about the rights, possibly yeah, rather not, than didn't not have. so much. It wasn't formalised, I guess, yeah. and it wasn't yeah, kind of across the board in the same way that we hope it is okay. kind of now. So, so are you a government agency? 
No. So it's we are an independent trust. So, yeah, we I work for the National Advocacy Trust. Um, we get our funding. We have a contract with the Health and Disability Commission. So we kind of get funding from the government, but we're independent of government, if that makes sense. So um, we're completely independent trust. We don't have any links to any health providers or, you know, DHBs or the government. So that's quite important for people to feel like we are separate and independent. Um, yeah. Yeah. So are you um, your employer, if you like? Who is that? So is that a board of people? Yes. So it's a, um independent kind of like a trust, like probably, um, you know, similar to the, the Asthma Society, for right. example. You know, like we have our own independent board um, of directors. and. So does yeah. that have a national body? Um, it's called the National Advocacy Trust. Right. Yeah, so so they, they kind of the overseeing yeah. body with all the different. So does every yeah, so centre have? Yes. So there's an... There's a like a network of us. Yeah. <laughs> so we have, um, I think there's about thirty nationwide, like thirty people, not offices. So we have someone in Invercargill, Dunedin, Timaru, Christchurch, um, Nelson, then kind of all over the North Island as well. So, so main centres. Yeah, mostly main centres. So I guess, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean Timaru. But, you know, no, we're probably smaller <laughs> yeah, than tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so um, you're um, government funded. Mm-hmm. What about your service? So is your service free for people? Yes, our service oh, wow. is completely free. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's anyone can ring us anytime. It's completely free and, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, because, um, yeah, there's not many things in health now. No. <laughs> that are free. No. So that's really cool. All right. Um, we'll talk a wee bit more about um, people's rights, if you like, because mm-hmm. I think people are, um, well, it's kind of a, we all know we have rights, mm. but how do you know the rights you have is probably, does that make sense? I mean, I've all um, seen the posters, mm. you know, know your rights. Mm. Big difference to knowing and knowing when things are not right. Yeah. So, you know, like how do you know that a wrong has been done for you? Is it is it just that this doesn't feel comfortable for you or is it more in depth? Like how do you know what you don't know? No, yeah, definitely. I think I would just encourage people if they do feel uncomfortable, you know, I think that's the first thing, mm. you know, it's kind of if you're feeling uncomfortable with a service that you've been provided or how you've been treated or what's going on for you or that you don't have enough information and you're you know not really sure what's happening then I would definitely encourage you to call us if you want to um, because we sometimes people feel a little bit nervous calling us and they think oh you know hope I'm ringing the right place or um, you know maybe I'm bothering them or whatever and that's just not the case at all like a big part of our job is Talking to people, giving advice, just talking through things, you know, ringing us doesn't mean you have to make a complaint or have to do anything. But um, often we're just pointing people in the right direction, talking through their experience, giving them some advice about what they might like to do, because it's, you know, obviously their choice, what they might like to do. And there's often quite a few different options, whether um, they want to work with us or not. Um, So... Yeah, rather than kind of, and I guess I would kind of also bring in, we are not 
you know, obviously we're working with the code of rights a lot, but we're not making kind of decisions about whether rights have been breached or not. Really, that that's a legal decision that can only be made by the Health and Disability Commissioner. Um, so I think the rights are a good place to start, but as advocates, we're not kind of making judgments about that, if that makes sense. Like mm. we are just listening to people um, and supporting them to bring their concerns forward, whatever they kind of are. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's important to talk about that because we're not, um, we're there to support people. We're not investigating. We're not kind of checking up on what was said or what happened. We're just helping you as a consumer put your concerns forward, whatever they are. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a really good place to stop. We'll come hmm. back and probably maybe just talk through that process for someone's ring. We'll stop and have a wee bit of music. Thank you. Richard Maltby there with the man with the golden arm. And you were listening to Lung Talk from Asmaratago. And now back to Joe and Megan. Thanks, Russell. Thank you. Um, welcome back, Megan. Thank you. Um, just prior to that song, we were talking about um, the Health and Disability Advocacy Service and uh, how they were formed, why they were formed. Um, and some of the information around that. So we were just getting into some um, some nitty gritty, really, of um, 
what personally this can mean for you. So let's say you have um, come across something that you don't feel comfortable with, that you think uh, could have been done better or something like that. And it doesn't even have to be a complaint, but just a, a something that you would like to follow up. Um, you ring your service. Take me through the what happens. I've rung you now. Mm-hmm. What happens? Um, well, I guess first of all, we would just talk through what you wanted, you know, what your concerns were. Um, and then depending on what they were, um, like I said before the break, um, often people aren't quite sure where to, you know, where to come. And we're really happy to talk things through with people. And sometimes it kind of, during that conversation, it becomes clear that maybe our service isn't the best fit for them. And so we always kind of help to find who might be able to support them or to um, offer support in that way. Um, but I guess if you kind of had a concern that you wanted to bring forward, um, our yeah, our job is to really support you to raise those concerns. So there's kind of, if you're wanting to work with us, there's kind of two main ways that we can do that, either through supporting you to bring your own concern. So we kind of call that self-advocacy. So that might be, Joe, that you had a concern with um, something that happened at the hospital and... Um, you wanted to write a letter, you know, an email to them to let them know what had happened and to kind of raise your concerns, but you were feeling a bit unsure about how to do that. So I could talk that through with you. We have kind of um, like an email template we can send you to kind of give you some ideas about how to set things out. And, and even you can email me your draft for me to kind of look over and say, what about this? Or how could you, you know, make this a little bit clearer or just to, you know, support you to do that. Um, and then kind of walk with you through that process, but kind of be in the background. So in that situation, the provider or the (coughs) hospital might, for example, might not even know that I'm involved, but I'm kind of your support person in the background helping you to bring things forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So if that wasn't going to be suitable and you would like us to take a more active role, then my job would be to first of all draft up a letter. So we have kind of a quite a um our own way of kind of writing a letter they're quite concise and quite clear which again sometimes suits people sometimes doesn't but um we would take all your concerns put them into our letter and send it off on your behalf um and so in that case we would be the health provider is legally obliged to respond within um, five days and then give you a full response within 20 days um and from that point Sometimes we have meetings, you know, we go in with, you know, I could go in with you to meet with the healthcare provider and that can be really helpful sometimes um, or sometimes it's better just to get a letter back and kind of get um, your concerns answered that way. Okay. That's I, the first thing that I find really interesting in that conversation mm-hmm. is that if I if I write on my own behalf, mm-hmm. um, I may or may not get that immediate response. Mm. So... Um, you obviously have a bit of clout. That's what I heard. You should, yeah. you should still be getting that response. Yeah. I, just to clarify, yeah. anyone who makes a kind of formal complaint yeah. should be getting yeah. that response within that time. But um, yeah. yeah, you know. But I'm, and, and that's not necessarily a negative thing. Mm. But I'm, I, that's really good because a lot of people, um, you know, English isn't their first language, mm. or uh, literacy, health mm-hmm. literacy, which is a huge issue for all of us working in health. Yeah. you know, is quite difficult. So um, it's nice to know that 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 service is there yeah. for people to assist them um, and not be fobbed off. That sounds really, uh, you know. 
flippant, yeah. but you know what I mean. No, yeah. I know what you mean, and I yeah. think a valuable kind of a um, nice part of my job is being able to kind of talk with people, try to understand as best I can, and then kind of you know put that in a way that I know the health professionals will understand, and that they're going to that hopefully the consumer is going to get the response they actually want, you know, so that everyone's kind of um, on the same page because I feel like so much of, you know, not always but often it is communication issues Mm -hmm. that is going on and um, if we can kind of get the lines of communication clear between the health professionals and the consumers, then a lot of things are kind of sorted out straight away, you know, because so much anxiety is caused by not really knowing what's going on, not sure when I'm getting an appointment. The doctor said this, but now no one's followed up. I'm not sure what's happening, you know. And if we can get that information, then a mm. lot of that anxiety is reduced straight away. Mm. So Misunderstanding. Definitely. You know, um, we all do that. We do. We yeah. do. And often you don't want to clarify something because you sit there and listen to it, but you don't want to come across as being something, you know, oh, I don't know what he's talking about, so mm. I'm not going to mention that. But you go away quite angry or quite um, anxious about yeah, something. Confused. So that's yeah. really great that that service is there. Okay, so let's say you have a, uh, there is, there has been a breach. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I've met with the, you know, you've come, you've supported me, we've met, mm-hmm. um, we've had some discussion but I'm still not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a process there for that next step? And I understand that this is not, you know, we'd like to think that everything can be sorted out yeah. early. Of course we do. But as we know, um, that's not always the case. And we see it on the news quite regularly, really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about um, that actually there has been a breach of someone's rights. Um, what's the next step? Yeah, well, I guess for us, just coming back to Mm. us for a second, I think, yeah, like I said, our focus is on resolution and kind of often trying to, um, you know, people have health professionals that they might have an an issue with, but they actually want to still keep working with them, you know, like whether you're someone who's living in a rest home or whether it's your GP or someone you need to keep working with, um, we really try to focus on kind of, you know, people being able to raise those concerns but not feeling like it's going to damage the relationship or ruin Mm. the relationship. But like you said, sometimes there are cases where um, people want to take things further. Um, And if once they've finished working with us or before, um, people are welcome to separately make a complaint to the Health and Disability Commissioner. So... Just to kind of mm. clarify that, there's kind of two pathways. So there's the Health and Disability Commissioner and there's the Advocacy Service. Um, you can't have a complaint open with both at once, but you can go through the advocacy process and then decide you want to take it further. Because like I said at the start of the show, um, if you're kind of talking about breaching rights and that kind of thing, we're not in a position to kind of make, we're not making rulings about that kind of thing. We're not doing investigations. If um, if that's kind of the path you're wanting to go down, then you need to go on to the Health and Disability Commissioner. So okay, it's let's... kind of it's a separate kind of situation, and um, and so they kind of you know if you send something through to the Health and Disability Commissioner, they have the option of kind of. You know, sometimes they send things to us, so we kind of pass things back and forward with the person's permission. Um, Sometimes they say, this is not something we're going to follow up. Sometimes they say, this is something for someone else to follow up, like, for example, the Privacy Commissioner or, you know, someone like that. Or they might do an investigation. And so 
they are different from us in that, like I said, we, I will listen to you, Joe. I will try and take what your concerns and put them forward. I'm not kind of thinking about um, investigating anything or seeing whether it's true or not, or, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm just helping you to put your concerns forward. Whereas the Health and Disability Commission, if they choose to do an investigation, they'll be kind of making decisions about what actually happened and be in a position to potentially make a decision about whether rights were actually breached or not, like you see in the news. Right. Okay. I think think that's time for a break. (laughs) (laughs) Saturday night at the movies, that's a long time ago, with The Drifters. You're listening to Lung Talk, presented by Asthma Otago, supporting people with asthma and breathing problems. Thank you, Russell. Um, I don't remember the last time I was at the movies, actually, so there we are. (laughs) Seems like a long time ago. Um, I'm here with um, Megan Galloway from the Health and Disability Advocacy Service, and we've just been having a chat. It was getting a wee bit... A wee bit heavy near the end there with the um, commission being involved, but I'd just like, Megan, just to sort of round up perhaps again and just talk a wee bit more um, about the advocacy service so that people are quite clear about what it is that you're doing. Yeah, thanks, Joe. So, yeah, just to reiterate, we're free, we're independent, um, we're happy to kind of talk through anything that you might be a concern to you, and 
my role or our role really is to bring your concerns to a provider and and kind of get um, information back, kind of get more understanding and also be able to, um, I guess, um, express your, you know, experience. And I mean, I guess the a great thing about that as well as your, you know, for you personally can be that's how we can kind of improve services because if people don't know what's going wrong, then they don't know how to improve them. And we do, you know, see a lot of... Um, um, actual change, you know, people changing policies and um, kind of showing the consumer how they've changed things so that this won't happen again when, you know, mistakes do happen. Mm. So that can be, um, you know, it's really good for everyone, but yeah. also quite um, beneficial for the person involved because, you know, it can be, take some energy and effort to kind of put yourself out there to kind of make a, um, bring your concerns forward or make a complaint and kind of seeing that you know, you've kind of acted in a way that can positively improve things for other people mm. can be a real um, benefit. Um, cool. No, I mean, knowing that you have um, you made a change for the better, yeah. that's, that's um, a great outcome in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, sometimes we get people calling um, kind of unhappy, they're not able to access things. It's just that's one thing we kind of we don't, we can't advocate on behalf of kind of access to services. Like we can ask, you know, why someone might not have had access to that service, but we can't, um, you know, sometimes people want different things, but that can be more of a kind of political issue, I guess, yeah. whether things are funded or not. And, yeah. you know, that know. does come up a lot and I totally understand that. But mm. yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, I Looking at the time and we're just about out of time. Thank mm. you, Megan. But First, the last thing I want to do is, um, so how can people actually access you? Um, well, we have an 0800 number. It's probably the easiest way to access us. So that's 0800 um, 555 um, And then you'd be put in touch with the advocate in your area. Um, if people um, are online, there's also a really great website that has a lot of information, which is just advocacy.org.nz. So that's a great place to start. Mm. And I think that's probably how most people, you know. Yeah. 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 So there, it's not a drop-in office. You don't just no. pop in. You ring, yep. make an appointment. That's Make sure that everyone understands that. They yep. don't have a, no, a place just, just to go. Yeah, no, we don't have enough no. people for that, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no, that's great. All right. Thank you very much, Joe. Talking with Megan from the Advocacy Service. So until the first Wednesday of July, take care. And this program is brought to you by Asma Otago. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.